And we're back. Episode 18, Downtown Indianapolis. This is a new episode. This one's going to be awesome. It is my first commercial real estate broker. This is James Story. He's owner and principal at JDM Partners. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day. We're glad to be here. We have Wyatt Felling behind the mic uh, running this thing for us here at Wave One. But uh, let's get into it. Like I said, this is our first commercial side of things I've done. A lot of interviews, I think every interview mostly, I've done some with plumbing, et cetera, but in the real estate realm, they've all been residential. So let's give a background, a briefing. James, give me kind of, we could start at college up to where you're at now of how you got to where you started to where you're at. Bang. Lay it out. Sure. Um, You know, like most commercial real estate brokers, they kind of find themselves in the industry by accident. Um, That is actually the same case for me. Uh, when I went to college, I went to college at Indiana State University at the uh, School of Music there, where I principled and uh, performed saxophone, classical saxophone music. Whoa! <laughs> yes, and um, and I still, although I don't play as much as what I'd like to today, I, yeah. I still do play. Um, but being in that school has allowed me to be a pretty compet- competitive person um, in general. But when I I, I graduated from Indiana State University. I uh, got an internship downtown Indianapolis for a music company called A Music for All. Great company, um, uh, great uh, advocacy for music, but right. uh, I found out really quickly that I didn't want to be in the music industry. And um, I had an opportunity where my uh, a, a family relative uh, yep. that worked for a uh, commercial portfolio firm out in, down in Bloomington, Indiana, that they were headquartered in Bloomington, Indiana, that they were looking to uh, hire an intern to um, groom them into an analyst position. And at that point in time, I wanted to do anything. I had no idea what commercial real estate yep. was and what, what the business of commercial real estate was. So I just said, absolutely, heck yes, I'll do it, um, just to get out of the position that I was. Right. And, and I took it, uh, and it took me a long time to learn the in, ins and out of commercial real estate, the leases, the analysis, um, how is how how do you make money in commercial real estate? How do you make money in real estate? Right. Um, it took me quite a bit of time to get that all wrapped around my head, but I, eventually I did, and I got absolutely obsessed with commercial real estate because I just I knew the ins and outs. By the, the owner had sat me down, and he's like the first very first thing on on the job for like the first several months is he wanted me to go through all the leases oh for all the properties he owned and read every single line and report back to him what they meant. Wow. And because I did that, because he made me do that, I basically got a master's degree yeah. in real estate by doing that. And, right. and we're talking about probably close anywhere between 30 and 40 properties um, that Goodness. were... Uh, with master leases that were maybe a hundred pages long, right? So you you know we're talking thousands of pages that I was reading, and um, but it was great because it 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 provided the foundation of everything I know today, and that led into being able to how to run a spreadsheet on a on a property, uh, knowing how to value a commercial property, and. I got so obsessed with that job uh, that I worked my way not only up to an analyst position, but into an asset manager position where I was basically the uh, oversight looking of capital for that 
portfolio, which was worth close to a quarter billion dollars. And it's great, great responsibility. And it's, it's, uh, a lot of great experience. And, but while I was there, uh, the uh, owner was very generous and kind to be able to put me through some education to even further further my education in commercial real estate even further. One of them, which was paramount to my success, uh, was being able to get the CCIM designation. Um, for some people don't that so, don't yeah. know what that is. What is that, that? That is the um, that stands CCIM stands for Certified Commercial Investment Member. Hmm. Um, it's one of the top designation credentials you can get in as an active commercial real estate practitioner. It basically showcases that you have done X million dollars worth of deals uh, under your belt and that you also have to go through some pretty extensive uh, um, uh, Training. training and education from financial analysis, market analysis, um, uh, working with tenants, how to be a business consultant from like a financial analyst for a business. Right. And then also how to be an asset manager, how to underwrite property and how to determine when is the right time to sell, when's the right time to reinvest. Um, does this lease make sense versus this lease based on a tenant credit, credit quality, all that stuff that, that designation is all about the education, uh, on the high level of commercial real estate. And I happen to be not only the quickest person ever in CCIM to complete the designation, I was so obsessed with commercial real estate, I finished my all my education in two months. Is that un- unheard of? Not only is it unheard of, but it's an outlier. Most people take uh, five to 10 years to complete, com- complete their CCIM. Wow. And um, you stay up every night or what? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Um, basically 10 hours a day uh, nose in, in a book wow. reading every single line doing every single case study and um but not only was i the quickest to go through the the program i was the youngest ever to get it in indiana at the age of 26 oh my goodness um and good for and, you yes and i in fact it was funny because i think i beat out the guy right before me uh who completed it at age 27 i beat him by a couple months oh my um goodness. by age but uh um, and, uh, it was, a yeah, it was, a that, that having that experience. And then at the same time I was being, I was sent to the Kelly school of business to finish my, uh, masters in accounting. Wow. Um, cause I was going to be more than just an asset manager for that portfolio. I was going to be basically the CPA. Right. Um, just because I was infatuated with numbers. Right. And, <clears throat> Fast forward a little bit, you know, all that education, I'm, I'm working, I'm working all these deals, working with brokers, uh, doing all the, um, refinance reviews, lease reviews. I saw one time we closed a deal <clears throat> with a broker, uh, and I saw the commission that he made <laughs> on that one deal. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> basically he probably had, I would say, he didn't have like he he didn't it wasn't like no time in the deal right but it was a deal that kind of like we were facilitating right and that broker got paid twice what I got paid an entire year on that one and uh, deal now, why is that because he basically was the deal facilitator okay and uh, he also had a relationship with the principal owner at the portfolio and th- we were the buyers right so it's not like we were paying the commission the seller still paid the commission on it. And uh, commission was definitely over two hundred thousand dollars, and uh, and I saw that, and my my 
heart sunk into my stomach because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here driving from Indianapolis to Bloomington every right. single day. And, and this was during the uh, I-69 construction oh, yeah. where everything was just always backed up. And I'm there for eight hours a day throughout the year and I'm getting paid a nice salary to be a, a manager. Um, but uh, having to do all that work and then seeing that guy get paid within a couple of months right. double right. Uh, was... Uh, uh, very intriguing, but also upsetting to me. So while I was at that portfolio, I, I had this, this desire to go into uh, commercial real estate as a broker okay. because I felt that I not only, not only did I felt like I knew the business a lot, a much more than other commercial brokers. Right. Cause when I was ever talking to commercial brokers, I just knew every ins and outs of a deal that they were, they were doing. Right. I already knew it. And uh, in fact, I knew the tenant, I knew who the owner was and, um, and, uh, and then I knew how, how it was, I, I was critiquing their offering memorandums pretty Gosh. much. I was, <laughs> I was like their, their sales manager pretty much. And, um, uh, I, I basically made the decision that I wanted to jump ship. I wanted to leave my comfy salary position and move closer to home, uh, to work and be, go become a full-time active real estate practitioner. Right. So I joined Keller Williams in Greenwood and my thought was, okay, I need a commercial takes, you know, 12 months to close a deal. That's what I was going to mention. I knew they took a lot longer transaction wise and time frame. Absolutely. And it's not like I had a huge database to be able to close deals because I was basically, well, how old were you? Uh, let's see. 27, 26. When you I, been, yeah, I'd have been 26 or 27. I wanted to ask a question. So how does it work? If you did all that work as a manager, what's the difference between a manager and a broker? Just that you get paid a different scale, salary versus commission? Yeah. Um, so as a manager, I was getting paid to basically my salary was to um, maximize the net worth of the portfolio by right. doing acquiring new tenants, releasing okay. spaces, um, knowing when to dispose of property, know when to refinance on a property, um, to pull out capital, to reinvest. Right. Um, and, and we have, I have, I've formulated very sophisticated, uh, spreadsheets to be able to tell me when is the right time to do that based off of, uh, market indicators. Gotcha. Um, so a broker in some ways does, does that too, yeah. where they will lease up property or dispose of property. They, instead of getting paid a salary to do that, they're taking on much more risk because they're a third-party contractor right. and they're not just tied to one individual owner who owns a bunch of real estate. They might earn the opportunity of, a, of an assignment to dispose of an asset True. and they get paid pretty nicely to do that, you know? Right. Um, and those de those commissions are much higher than mm. what the salaries are. So it, it there's a lot of overlap. It's not direct 100% overlap, but I would probably say close to 70%. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you uh, definitely, at least from the manager perspective, you learned a ton. Yeah. To have a, I just wanted to, you went for music? I got to go back. How did that, ha what do you, where did that start? And then, I mean, what a flip. <laughs> I, I, you threw me for a curveball. I mean, I've heard a lot, art, whatever, but to go from music to selling buildings, I mean, or leasing out tenants <laughs> to multi-million dollar deals. How? Let, let me just go way back. Just because that's a question of my own insight. How did that happen? How did you even, 
what made you want to start music to jump to commercial real estate? What was kind of the itch, or you just got that opportunity in Bloomington? I did. I did get that opportunity, but it wasn't that I just got that opportunity. He's a music major. I got that opportunity. It didn't work out that way. Right. Um, Part of it was because a family relative was working for that portfolio. That's part of it. It's you know, it's not always what you know; it's who you know. I was going to say that's a tidbit of advice for anyone watching. Always who you know. Yes, <laughs> that exactly. is, a, I've seen more people get jobs, more people get deals, whatever by relationships. Who you know? That's huge. One hundred percent. Like what Grant Cardone says: your network is your net worth. For sure. Well, um, let's let's fast forward back to when you were starting as a young commercial broker. How did you get that? database of people to start doing deals and get into that realm sure um just to be transparent when i joined keller williams i did not start out 100 percent commercial okay um foolishly uh i will admit i started out residential because commercial takes such a long time to close deals yep um so I, I thought that i can get in the residential game and close a couple deals every every single month just get you know cash flow coming into my family. Yep, yep. Um, but what I was doing, I was, I was neglecting my prospecting and my outreach for commercial business. Because you're in residential. Right. Gotcha. I'm going after residential deals. And residential deals, you, you know, you get paid. Residential agents get paid pretty well. Yep. But they get paid nowhere near what commercial agents do. All right. Um, and, uh, but that's for uh, multiple reasons. But, I did residential for about a year before I started to build my commercial firm, gotcha. uh, my, my, my commercial database. Uh, and because I'm just, I just found out real quickly, I'm not meant for residential, mm. residential brokerage. I mean, I just don't connect with people who buying homes on their emotions on right. why they want to have their forever home. And, um, they're not look every time I was working with them, I was always talking to them like it was their biggest financial asset that right. they might invest into in their entire life. Because for most people, that's, that's true. the truth. Right. And so I was helping them make a financial decision when I found out really quickly that's not the way that um, retail home and bu- home buyers are making their decisions. They're making their decisions based off of location of schools and yep. and and backyard and, size. Yeah, and how beautiful the house looks. So uh, right then and there, I just wasn't connecting and and building really good relationships with my clients. And and not only that, I wasn't liking it. I mean, really? I mean, I really was not liking it. I uh, I am like what I said. I got I got absolutely obsessed with commercial real estate. I was doing analysis on property every single day for a new property, a 10-year pro forma, and I just loved every part of that, and I wasn't doing it anymore. Right. And so I, I just said, I have, no matter how hard it hurts, I need to start doing commercial, and I did. And lo and behold, for me, I'm pretty, it's pretty different because I, I've gotten a great background. I have the what, what they say, the gift to gab when it comes to commercial real estate and talking to commercial owners that when I started making my phone calls and doing my outbound prospecting, I got uh, a couple of my first deals under my belt within a couple of months. And That's nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in fact, my very first deal, which is honestly being still being built right now, it was a built-to-suit project where we were representing a... Um, a, a interventional radiologist to build a uh, ambulatory surgery center here in Indianapolis to serve 
dialysis patients on uh, repairing and retaining their fistulas. Mm. Um, and so they got a lot of um, outbound referrals from uh, Davida and Fresenia, some of the larger dialysis groups. Gotcha. Well, this guy, this broker, I mean, this, uh, this physician that we worked with, he's just an absolute animal. He's a monster. <laughs> he's doing two, when I, when I was working with him, he was doing 200 procedures a day. No way. I mean, oh, I mean I'm sorry. I want to say that again. <laughs> I was like, that seems crazy. 200 <laughs> procedures a month. How's that possible? I don't know. Just him. He, he would, he would, yes, just him. Now he had nurses. Right. Um, but he's overseeing these. Yes, he is. He's going from operating room to operating room. He go, he finishes up this one and he comes right out, cleans up, goes into another operating room, does it. And wow. as he's doing that, he had a nurse, his nurse practitioner cleaning up that other operating room, getting them to post-op and, uh, uh leaving the operating room. Um, and then cleaning that up and preparing the next patient. So he was just, it was a system that they created. He could just go in and out. And his, uh, long story short, he was, um, he was capped on operations. He couldn't do <laughs> anymore. Yeah, he had to leave the practice that he was in and build a surgery center that would be multiple ORs that he could hire other interventional radiologist and a vascular surgeon to be able to leverage his time. Right. And so we were in the process of finding him a space to build this surgery center. And we found it, found a really nice location just north of downtown Indianapolis, uh, north of the new IU Health Campus. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, it's currently being built right now, 18,000 square feet, for operating rooms. And it's going to be the flagship location for that particular practice. Um, and it's going to be madly successful. And by doing that, we were able to take a kink out of their operations right. and increase basically their revenue by 10x over the next. Just uh, from getting that new space. New space. They had an operations kinks. It wasn't a demand issue. No. It was just they, they couldn't facilitate the demand. Sounds like he had every single minute of his day maximized. Yes. So Absolutely. I took two things from that. First off, to any new agents, because I always get that question, even for myself, of, how does an agent, if because is it if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, if to be a realtor, if you take that state licensing exam, you could then sell commercial and residential real estate, right? Those are your that test leads you. You could do either one. That is correct. So even for you, how you did that, that I think that's one big pull for an agent is it definitely comes down to what you like to do for you to be able to recognize, hey. Because it is, it's a whole, even when I went, you know, when I've talked to commercial agents, it's a whole new place. I mean, yeah. you're selling a building, like, this is straight numbers, facts of just what this building makes, what it, how much it does, what the size space is, versus now you're over here to a family of, like, like you said, big emotional purchase. It is probably their biggest financial purchases, purchase as well, but it's awesome that you were able to test both. Yeah. I think having that testing going back and forth is huge. But now let's talk about, because this is a big question of, <clears throat> how does a residential agent get into commercial? What is your steps and how should they go about that? Sure. Um, well, I mean, take my experience of wanting to dabble in residential yep. and commercial as an example of what not to do. 
Um, you know, you gotta, sometimes it comes down to what you've been exposed to and knowing what you like. Some residential agents don't know they like commercial or right. some residential agents haven't been exposed to the commercial deal and the, uh, intense negotiation and back and yeah. forth, uh, of those transactions and how intricate the analysis is and how everything plays together, um, that they might realize, wait a minute, commercial's not for me. True. So there, there's, there's two parts to that answer that I, I would say one, um, if you're going to get into commercial as a residential agent, you need to go 100% into commercial. Yep. You need to make it your all because otherwise you're just not going to build a business. Yep. And 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 you're also not going to be doing your clients a great service. Um, so when you when any whenever we get a new agent that's wanting to join our uh, uh, JDM partners, um, one they have to be full time. Mm. And with it, we we told them you're going to get access to a ton of data, mm. which, by the way, is extremely expensive for yes, commercial agents. For sure. I mean, we pay probably just for one agent, probably uh, one to two thousand dollars a month just, just for data, just for data, wow. just to be able to do our jobs correctly. That's surreal. Um, and I tell them when you when you come in, you're going to for your first twelve months, all you're going to do is literally talk to people you don't know in the commercial space and analyze the data and interpret it to those people daily. And you will go, prob for on average, you will go 12 months without a transaction yep. by doing that. And that is eight to 10 hour days doing that. Wow. And, but that's the average, but here's the deal. Once you get past that 12, uh, 12 months as a commercial broker, if you, can, if you can weather that storm and truly work your butt off in your first 12 months, it, it sky's the limits for your next year. I've seen agents make a hundred thousand their next year. I've seen agents make a million dollars their next year. After that's take home. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it, not take home, but Obviously, gross yeah. commission income. Right. You know, before splits. You know, I mean, I imagine somebody somewhere somewhere in the world is making take home of a million after sure. their first year. But but it really depends on how much foundation you build in the first year. Um, no one's going to build that foundation for you. So that's part of it. You know, if you a residential agent that wants to get into the commercial in order to compete, you need to be at it full time. You need to get a mentor, mm -hmm. um, somebody who's doing it and somebody who's willing to coach you. Yeah. Um, and you need some capital, some, uh, some money set aside to be able to not only pay for data, yep. but to also weather the storm of 12 months of not getting paid. Right. So it takes a lot of money, right. unfortunately. Um, but, you know, risk reward, it's much higher risk. The commissions are much bigger. And, right. and, and if you're good at it, you're going to make a lot of money. Um, now, on the other side, there are agents, residential agents that do find out that uh, commercial real estate is not exactly for them. They might be uh, exposed to a deal. Or they want to get exposed to a deal, but they just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they get, maybe they're making their phone calls and they get a lead, a good commercial lead, or maybe they don't even know what a good commercial lead is. Right. Well, what we do and what we provide for those agents is we uh, provide a partnership experience with them, yep. where they can partner with JDM Partners. We will do the deal. We will run the deal. We'll get paid a good portion of that commission, but that residential agent that's working with us will get up a, a large portion of that commission as well just for a referral just for a referral gotcha and they are not only learning the commercial ropes because they get to be side to side as an agent with us 
Um, and uh, so they're they're and they're not going to really have to work for that deal other right. than referring it over to us. They are going to get a passive commission check that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so we have now I've now gotten to the point now where I'm writing referral commission checks to residential agents that did not put any work in up to $25,000 on one deal. Wow. So you don't ask anything of these agents besides first initial contact. Hey, James, here's this deal that I got in my database for commercial. There's mm-hmm. nothing else they have to do post that? Uh, they might have to introduce us. Right. Maybe. Build a uh, relationship, help us. have a dinner, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, might do something or just try to make the connection. Um, but but they're not running reports. No, they're <laughs> not having to do anything that we do, you know, 10, 10-year performance. Yeah, or they're not stuff. going through any big, um, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, those referral, I mean, could you imagine... Just, you know, we've got residential agents that some, some, let's, let's be honest, some residential agents aren't making it. They're not closing deals. Yep. There are a lot of them that are making a lot of, de- uh, making a lot of money, but there are just some in the med- middle that are making, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand a year. Yep. Um, we now have a business model. If you work with us, partner with us where we can, and that's on just one deal, 25,000 that I mentioned, <laughs> we have a business model now where. You don't have to change your lead pros- lead generation as a residential agent. We'll we'll show you how you can squeeze out another fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year by re- by partnering with us. All you got to do, and and there's just one little tweak you have to make to your lead generation, but you you have the potential of like doubling your income, right? But Pat, from you know, and most most agents don't know that that income's already sitting in their database. So for a lot of agents, that's 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 very intriguing. Rather than taking on the massive risk of running a deal, yeah. not getting it closed, right? And then not only that, but potentially getting sued. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh What's needed from the agent to partner with you guys? Is it a big? What What all do you need from the agent to make that happen? Yeah, if they just got a commercial lead, they they just need they can call me, they can call my business partner, um, and we'll sit down and talk to them and and talk about what what they have, the lead they have. Pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. And I'll just say, hey, I think this might be a deal. You know, here's the deal. Um, about one of six commercial referrals, right? Close are actually something. I get it. There are a bunch of people out there that want to do deals that don't have that don't qualify. They don't have you know, they can't qualify for a lease because they don't have tax returns. Right. And so the landlord can't vet them or they can't get a loan because they don't have tax returns or they, they don't even have two dimes to rub together. So they can't, what makes them think that they can buy a commercial property. Exactly. So, so one out of six is, and we'll be, we'll be frank with everybody. We don't turn away any referral. We'll figure out how a way we can get it done. And you never know that referral might turn into a referral. That might be a deal. Yep. Or that person that they introduced us to might have been a vice president for a company that introduces us to the president, and then we're now renewing their $20 million lease. Exactly. So it could. I look at it, I mean, knowing people, no matter what their quality is, they know people. Exactly. And that could turn into another transaction. Everybody. So that makes sense to keep up on any referral. And would that agent, if it's from the line of that first referral, would they still get a cut from that, or how would that work? Yeah, we'd work it in. You'd work it in? Yeah. That's an amazing thing for, uh, so definitely big thing for any residential agents. Cause like you said, I bet there's a lot more that just throw them away. Oh, 100%. And what they're doing is they're throwing around, you know, potentially over a hundred thousand dollars of income for their family that year. Right. 
Everybody could use a hundred thousand, wouldn't you say? I'd say so. I'd still bend over and pick that up. <laughs> I would do. I'd pick up a hundred thousand. Well, let's move. What are the, your next steps with uh, JDM? Yeah. Um, so, JDM. Uh, you know, we're we're finishing out our uh, flagship location here in Indianapolis and right. working in Indiana because that's our home. Um, <clears throat> we our next steps for us is not only how we are going how we might want to expand our team to mm-hmm. uh, 10 to 20 different agents that um, facilitate all different types of specialties of commercial real estate but we right now because JDM partners for some people they they, they get a little bit confused we know we are a full service brokerage firm but we also operate under Keller Williams yep. and being under Keller Williams is a very big strategic advantage for us because it allows us to work nationally. Gotcha. That's huge. And when it comes to commercial real estate, it's not like residential where you have to go and show homes all the time. Right. Right. You can still be a, um, a real estate business consultant for somebody who's in Colorado. Hmm. Um, and as, as an example, we, we completed a, a large transaction last year in Aurora, Colorado, which was about an $8 million industrial sure. warehouse lease. Huh. And we did that because we were under Keller Williams. Right. If we weren't with Keller Williams, we, were, we would have to get a broker's license in Colorado, mm. or we would have to find and hire someone who does have a broker's license in, in Colorado. Colorado. And so where we're at right now, what's when you ask what's the next, I think after we build out Indiana, we will want to build out uh, locations in other states, strategically, probably New York, Chicago, uh, Los Angeles, uh, parts of Florida and Texas. Um, and then beyond that, we would even want to become international, like mm. like some of the other large commercial boys, uh, Collier's, uh, Collier International, right? So right. Um, we'll eventually get there, but... Um, for just three partners, um, an associate, and a couple of um, employees that we have, we're 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 rocking it out here in Indy. Sounds like you're in rocking Indiana. and rolling. So it, it's just a matter of time, and it it's it's growing so rapidly that I would not be surprised if we get another location within the next twelve months. I wanted to ask a side note. Say to that Colorado deal, how did you get? Did you have to fly there? Did you zoom it, or is it all? Can you do it all from a different state? I did it all from Indiana. Wow. All from Indiana. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that holds its wealth in itself right there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Been able to, uh, and, you know, uh, $8 million lease is a pretty good transaction. And that's what I, my next step I was going to ask is because for those who don't know about the commercial game, it's, you know, you're not just selling a single family home. There's, com- there's land, there's industrial, there's warehouses, but your guys is one of your biggest things is, uh, tenants and leases. Yeah. So, um, and just to be clear, clear JDM Partners is a multi-specialty commercial real estate firm, yep. and we are growing into being full service as well. But gotcha. um, being multi-specialty, we can we have the experience uh, from me, my partners, and uh, our associates under us to facilitate any type of transaction you can think of. That could mm. be an office building. That could be an industrial building. Um, that could be working with a tenant to renew their lease on an industrial warehouse space. That could be a working with a developer to build a brand new building for a tenant as, gotcha. a, as an investment. It could also be a large multifamily. Right. Um, so a lot of people think multifamily is residential, but no, multifamily is still commercial and it's an investment sale. So it is, in fact, that's one of my specialties is investment sales. So, but 
you know, to answer your question though, um, yes, leasing is a huge part of our business. Um, I imagine, and I do have uh, data to say that people who think uh, think about commercial brokers, they just think that all we're doing is bu- helping buy and sell commercial property. Exactly. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> For and, sure. And and we get those, and those are some large transactions, and we love them. But I would probably say about forty to fifty percent of our business is working with tenants and working with landlords to find space to uh, tenants to find space to lease mm-hmm. and helping landlords lease up space that is vacant because maybe their tenant left. Right. And we will also work with tenants on like renewing and extending their lease. Um, <clears throat> we are, we get paid on the gross lease value of those leases mm. by the landlord. And what's beautiful about that is if we're working with a tenant, it's just like working with a residential uh, on the buy side. Right. You know, the, the, the seller pays our commission. Mm. Um, well, on the tenant rep side, we work with a tenant. We bring our tenant to a space. Right. Write up a proposal to lease that space uh, that is in line with what the market might demand. <clears throat> And uh, we will get paid a percentage on the total lease value by the landlord for bringing that tenant because, you know, that lease value is the value we brought to his building. We Mm. just increased his building value. I gotcha. And so that's why that works out that way. And um, that is budgeted by a lot of buyers who buy commercial property. Um, So, and what's beautiful about that, though, is tenants... When tenants work with us, um, we act like we're not not just real estate brokers. We become partners. We become partners. We become business consultants because now we can eat. We even have the data. I talk about how much we pay for data. I have data. We have data to basically pinpoint certain types of demand indicators in different areas by geographic region to help determine where is the right location for that tenant. Wow. And we will find the space in that location, whether it's on market or off market. And on top of that, we will negotiate a lease that is going to be in best interest for that tenant over the long term. They right. might they they might work they might save over a million dollars on their lease cost right. working with us over the next ten years. So, and on top of that, they don't have to pay us. That's crazy. I mean, it's like, what better situation could a tenant have? Right. I mean, why would a tenant want to try to negotiate against a landlord who does this as a full-time? Exactly. So maybe, you know, he might pinpoint you into increasing his cash flow by a million dollars, whereas we could have saved that money from on, on your end. Um, but that just comes down to experience, comes down to negotiation and, and, you know, knowing what the market will yield. Tenants don't know what the market will yield. Right. We do because we're in that space all the time. So yes, um, actually landlord and tenant rep is about 40 to 50% of our business. Okay. Well, I think I've learned enough where my head's hurting, but it was a good head hurting. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you, James, for your time. Uh, Sam Fouch, Sam does interviews, Sam sells. And then James, if you want to give some phone number, website. It's all be edited in as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, if anybody would like to reach out to me, residential agent or someone who has interest in commercial property, leasing, buying, selling, uh, working on the landlord side, built a suit. Uh, my name is James Story. My phone number is 317-519-5178. 
and my email address is james at jdmcommercial.com. Bang. That's a wrap.